there's something been curious about this broadcast. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Whenever I'm in the potosphere, there's only one place to be. That garbage pod. Hello everybody and welcome to our annual Garbage Pod TGP Nominal Christmas Crossover. We've produced the Christmas Crossover for the last few years so that listeners of both podcasts can experience the taste of the other podcast. We're going to have a few guests on board as well as a few Christmas messages from people that we've worked with and people that have supported us over the years. There's going to be music, there's going to be quizzes, there's going to be all kinds of festive fun going on. So we're going to take a short break and when we come back I'll be chatting with someone who I've had the pleasure with collaborating with over the last five years. Hey everybody, all you garbage pod viewers out there, uh, happy holidays from NASA Edge. Merry Christmas. Yeah, I like that festive robust. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Have a great holiday season and and just uh, be safe out there. Yeah, Absolutely. be safe. Yeah. And also, if you're interested in unique gift ideas, um, we do parties. No, just kidding. <laughs> but uh, you can download episodes of Garbage Pod and NASA Edge. They make perfect digital stocking stuffers. Welcome back to the Garbage Pod Stroke TGP Nominal Christmas Crossover. Since 2018, I've been returning back to my hometown of Aylesbury every year for an event that has grown to be very close to my heart. I am, of course, talking about Live in the Park, a nine-hour music festival that is part of a two-day event called Park Life every August bank holiday at Aylesbury's Vale Park. The whole weekend is laid on for free by Aylesbury Town Council, and joining me is Aylesbury Town Council's very own Senior Events Officer, Ruth Mayhew. Welcome on board, Ruth. Hi, Mark. Lovely to speak to you again. Yeah, always a pleasure. Always, always. (laughs) (laughs) 2022, how did that differ compared with previous years? 2022, Live in the Park was huge. Um, How did it differ? Well, we always have new bands. It's really important to us that we support local music um, and we have a a wide range of different bands that come along. Our headline act was a uh, heavy rock band called Zarak that are local to Aylesbury. Uh, We took a bit of a punt going for such a kind of niche market headline act, but they were certainly very, very well received. We never want to kind of always stick with the same genre or the same style of music. It's all about supporting local bands, independent music and that kind of thing so um, yeah and Zarak certainly gave us a lot of variety they usually do lots and lots of originals but they spattered in with some some really fantastic cover tracks as well including a Tiffany track and a, a, a track by Five and the Proclaimers 500 Miles all done in very heavy rock so um, it was it was a very great and unusual end to the show but and then lots of other bands throughout the day as well yeah you funny you should say that because uh, Codename Colin did a, a similar thing they were mixing five with the theme tune to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah which was <laughs> bizarre <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Codename Colin were just fantastic. So they were the the ska band that yeah. we had on the main stage towards the end of the day. And uh, when I found them at the beginning of last year, I was just like, these guys have got to play because not only can like everybody loves a bit of ska, no matter what genre of music you like, you can't help moving. 
to scar. You just you, your body rocks, your feet rocks, your head rocks, and it's great fun. And yeah, they they were just literally bouncing over the stage, and the crowd loved them. Yeah, and they mixed in so well with all the different other genres that we had. You know, we we opened with with eighties covers. We then went into a mixtape uh, where we had one piece soloist that just did kind of like three or four tracks each and they would went down really well. Then we had rockabilly. Then there was kind of like swamp rock. Then there was a huge choir. Then there was the amazing Clark Rainbow with her kind of like really quirky, offbeat, really independent kind of like bedroom created tunes that were just amazing. She was just so, so, so good. And then 80s synth and Afro beats and all of genres kind of like all mixed and, and all of these bands are within a 30 mile radius of Aylesbury yeah. we've got some phenomenal local talent and it's a real honour for us to be able to showcase them to um, on this massive stage um, it really is about community and supporting local music and, and local bands you know it's, it's, it's a great thing that we do yeah. though I do say so myself um, and everybody <laughs> loves it <laughs> one thing I did pick up on um, some of the people were saying that um just can't get enough who who started the whole proceedings should have been later in the day because their energy was just amazing yeah they were brilliant really really great bands so uh, the uh, guitarist from there dan played um yeah. it plays in a number of local bands yes indeed. and actually just can't get enough had only formed this year yeah so that was kind of like one of their really big opening gigs and uh, you know kind of like so that they're quite new to the scene as that as a band so they were happy with the opening slot they will be back at another year at a later slot it, it's really hard you know scheduling an event like that mm-hmm. to kind of like get the flow good across the day you've got to come out with a big band to start with and then as I say it's then all the independence and and also the exposure to newer material and yep. newer artists not just the established ones but we already started on the uh, the lineup for for next year, and there's no sneak crook giveaways this time. I'm not giving you any hints this time, <laughs> but it involves lots of post-it notes on my uh, on my whiteboard, kind of working out where how the flow works and in, ensuring that we've got and lots of styles to suit everybody because it's a family festival, you know. So we have people there with teeny tiny babies, toddlers, youngsters, teens, families, friends, grandparents. So to get that mix right across the day is no mean feat and we'll be looking at that in more detail early next year but there are lots to choose from we're, we're very lucky here to have so many great bands to be able to to be able to call on there was so much energy right from the start this year it didn't sort of start off you know like a blue touch paper and wait for it to to explode it was from the word go there was energy right the way yeah. through which was brilliant yeah, I totally agree with you it was it was really lovely I think it was the, the demo demo of the dynamites with their uh, double bass and their kind of the rockabilly kind of stuff even that you know that was at one o'clock in the afternoon and you say it was brilliant everybody was dancing and moving and it's just a really great hearty vibe that we're, we're proud to bring to the community and one thing I noticed this year uh, well, you've got the established acts like Yazarak and, and that and they were there encouraging the younger artists like Chloe Greens to get out there because she was really, really nervous about going on stage when she saw the amount yeah. of people that were out there because she was used to, you know, small venues. These older bands were encouraging the youngsters and I thought that was really nice. Yeah, the camaraderie is amazing, both backstage and within the audience. Um, so you say, yeah, Chloe and Clark Rainbow were mm-hmm. both super, super nervous. But seeing them chatting backstage to the rest of the bands, and then you say some of the other bands out the front literally being there, cheering them on, giving them the support. 
and then all the rest of the audience did as well. Yeah. Because, yeah, ultimately, we all want to encourage new music. We all want to encourage these youngsters. And if they don't get the support at this at a young age, then, you know, they, we, we give them a better chance, um, as do the rest of the bands. It's lovely. It's really, really nice. And then straight after they came off, I spoke to them and I was like, how was that for you? And I'm going, oh, that was amazing. You know, and it was a really good feel. It really, really is. You say you see these youngsters backstage all really nervous, come back and they're literally bouncing with excitement and wanting to do it again and, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, we give them the confidence. We give them the experience. You know, there's a lot of these kids that have only ever performed like in school or on little trailer stages and that kind of thing at other mm -hmm. community events. But the setup, even the second stage at Live in the Park, which is obviously smaller than our main stage, um, even the second stage, it, it's big. There's a lot of sound projection. There's a lot of daunting um, space to fill and they do it brilliantly. They certainly did it brilliantly this year. In the past, you've had members of bands on that little stage and it's amazing how many people you can get on there with instruments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we can squeeze them in. <laughs> so I, I'd ask you this every year. So what do you think the footfall was this year? I reckon about 15,000 people across the course of the day on the Saturdays. That's just a live in the park. Yeah. Um, and then the promise of the park the, the next day was another five, 6,000 people on top of that. So, yeah, about 15,000 people at this year's live, which which is amazing. All these people come to the event, as you, as you mentioned in the intro there, it, the event is entirely free of charge. So come along with your friends, your family, your children, your neighbours, your cousins, your aunts, whoever you want, and you can enjoy the day completely free of charge. You can bring your own picnic and your own drinks. But then we also have local bars and restaurants and catering suppliers yeah. um, on site should you wish to, to purchase it as well. Times are tough at the minute. Everybody knows we're post-COVID, we're cost of living crisis. So these events that the Ellsbury Town Council put on for the community to build stronger communities, to build a sense of, of worth and pride in our town and to bring enjoyment without barriers, let that be physical barriers, emotional barriers or financial barriers. We provide these events to make people feel proud and bring people together. And something like Life in the Park and, and Christmas on the Cobbles really does kind of like show that that, that that we're achieving what we want to achieve. And people love what we do and show that by attending and, and, and enjoying it. You know, we don't have trouble at the events. They're all, you know, it, they, they self-man themselves really, really well mm -hmm. um, because people are happy. They're happy to be there. They're happy to be, you know, in their park, in their town centre, supporting local businesses, supporting local bands and entertainers. It's an honour to be able to uh, to bring that to, to our community. There aren't many town and parish councils that, that manage to achieve what we do. And we're, we're very proud of the of the community programme that we have here. You can tell the difference from, from last year to this year because obviously it was a lot of events that you, you had planned, but you had to rain check because of uh, the, the situation uh, with COVID yeah. and stuff. So this year was pretty much full on. Yeah, this year was our first full year of events since 2019. So back in 2021, we literally just did the Park Life Weekend. We were planning Christmas for, for last year, but then there was a surge in figures and we, we took the decision very last minute to, to cancel it, uh, which uh, deemed to be the, the right decision. So yeah, 2022 is our first full year. So we've done everything from St. George's Day, Soapbox Derby, Ellsbury on Sea, A Walking Play, Live at the Park, Proms in the Park, uh, Heritage Open Days and Christmas on the Couples and Carol Fest. Yes. So yeah, a, a really big programme. And, and it's like all of those events are entirely free and supporting the community. Because when I was a kid, 
They used to have an event in uh, Market Square. It was called Carols on the Cobbles. Yeah. Um, and that was always a big event. So this year, bringing in the Christmas on the Cobbles, which is the, the first time that Asbury Town Council has been in charge of the light switch on, isn't it? That's right, yeah. So up until this year, it was uh, Buckinghamshire Council and Aylesbury Vale District Council that used to run both the installation of the lights as well as the actual event that marks the, the turning on. Uh, so they used to run a Santa Sunday, which was a parade on a Sunday, and a Christmas light switch on on a Thursday night. Both of the events were brilliant and they attracted lots and lots of people. But due to the nature of the events and some timings and some key things, they also attracted some antisocial behaviour that was kind of like obviously not good for the town and that kind of thing. And didn't have the kind of family feel and the community feel of the events that, that we put on. So we decided that when Aylesbury Town Council were awarded or, or devolved that down to from Buckinghamshire Council, that we wanted to ensure that the event was really, really about the community, about the feel of kind of like a feeling happy and safe and jolly and festive without that kind of like slightly oppressive potential that something might happen. So, yeah, we threw all the balls up in the air and kind of like caught all the ones that were kind of like essential components and created a brand new event uh, that we entitled Christmas on the Cobbles, which took place um, on a Sunday at the end of November. And yeah, it was a huge success. We had daytime activities in Kingsbury and Friar Square and Market Square that ran from one o'clock in the afternoon, three to four thirty. I have to tell you about this amazing bit. I was so proud of this bit. We wanted some things in Market Square. But we knew that whatever we put in Market Square had to be very quickly cleared out just because of the timings that we needed the space for all the visitors for the parade. So we came up with this idea that we wanted to have what we called our snowball arena. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, that could work. That could work. That could work. And it was like, okay, so how do we create the snowballs? And we thought, okay, snowballs, pom-poms white pom-poms okay, we need to make some white pom-poms i very quickly established that me making a thousand pom-poms which is what we kind of thought we'd need to do well for the area would take a very 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 long time so we put a call out across our social media channels and we talked to lots of local care homes and we had public and the community making the pom-poms for us wow one of the care home groups got 10 of their different care homes involved with it and they produced hundreds of pom-poms for us in the care homes and they fed back to us that basically the residents that were involved with it were so excited it gave them a purpose a craft activity that they could physically do it was mentally stimulating it was physically stimulating and they knew that what they were creating was going to be part of this whole community event we then of course sent them lots of photographs of all the kids pelting the mare with the snowballs <laughs> and just kind of like throwing them all around and having so much fun in this arena so yeah, the Snowball Arena was really, really amazing. It became a project that not only did people have fun with on the day of all ages and abilities, but also that love and joy and community feeling was spread into our local care homes where those residents weren't physically able to be part of it but they were physically able to be part of it by creating the snowballs. So, yes, yeah, so that was completely and utterly amazing. That's really heartwarming. It really, really was really amazing. Then we did Aylesbury's first ever illuminated Santa parade with some fantastic LED drummers at the start of the parade. And then about 350, 400 local people from community groups, all with twinkly lights and flashing batons and, and all that kind of thing, doing a double loop of Market Square. They were entertained by the guys guys from Bucks Radio who did all of our hosting and comparing. Andy Collins from the local pantomime did a <laughs> brilliant warm-up and had everybody literally bouncing to Rihanna whilst they were stood 
waiting and then the new lights were turned on and then it was all kind of like rounded off with a wonderful firework display as well that uh, went above the, the courthouse. So yeah, it was an amazing event. The feedback that we've had has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, people harking back to events of kind of like 20 years ago when it kind of like felt like home and it felt like community. It felt like your space and people felt safe, that they were happy. And we were thrilled that the knowledge and the understanding of, of what people want and what people need and how we organize the space, what types of events, that, what types of activities we put within the event has an impact on what people do and how they enjoy it and, and the services that we have on offer. So yeah, really, really pleased with everything. And they say the feedback has just been over overwhelmingly positive so looking forward to doing something similar again next year always room for improvement so yeah but i really get to- obviously i was watching it remotely yeah and i could see through the lens that it was a completely different event than that has been in in many years and even to the fact that the decorations on the trees this year you could see a difference so yeah so we've had another team working on the actual light installations and the company that we're using so i can't remember all the stats so i don't know all the, the actual details mm-hmm. but they're all led lights the frames of the actual lights i believe are made from sugar cane oh, wow. or something like that which sounds like they're going to melt or anything like that but that's not the case but it's all recyclable and recycled materials so even when those lighting structures have gone past what would be a normal lifetime of of a christmas light they will then be broken down and remolded to make further lights and that kind of thing so sustainability and they're kind of like low power led physical lights they're very ecologically appropriate for kind of like where we're going and that was also really important for us as well not just the physical look of the lights to be amazing but for them to be ecological as well so all in all a fantastic project to be working on i hope it brings lots of people lots of joy yeah so 2023 is looking really promising yeah 2023 we've already got the whiteboard planned with what we're doing for for next year so it'll be all of the same events but always with a twist we never just roll out the same event you know you come each and every year and there will always be something different always something new to experience but always with the heart in that event and knowing that you can come along and enjoy without barriers yeah for sure well Ruth it's been an absolute pleasure as I always always say because I love working with you guys because the passion that you guys have for all the events that you put on is outstanding and that's why I like working with you guys so um, hopefully we can work in the future definitely thank you Mark I really 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 do appreciate that but I think the bottom line is we both have our hearts at exactly the same place yeah it's about the people it's about the community it's about giving it's like giving to people and, and building strong relationships and happy thoughts and happy memories yeah. so um so yeah it's, it's always a pleasure to work with you so thank you for inviting me on to the show today i wish you lots of luck with the and enjoyment with the rest of the podcast thank you all right then cheers mark yeah speak to you again soon happy christmas bye bye So let's rewind back to August the 27th for Live in the Park 2022. What a great uh, lot of entertainment we've got uh, lined up for you today at the start of Park Life Weekend 2022. Great to see so many people here so early on. Uh, And uh, just before we kick on uh, with the music today, I'd like to uh, introduce, as always, this lovely lady working alongside me uh, uh, yet again today on this event. Please give it up for the lovely Marie Lynn Biswell. And uh, Marie will be joined on stage uh, later on with uh, the equally lovely Sarah Hobbs as well. So uh, yeah, Sarah and Marie do such a 
such a fantastic job and having to try and follow me and what the hell I'm going to say is a, is a huge feat uh, in itself. You may also see around the park there are various notices with QR codes on. If you want to take your smartphone over, uh, just hold it in front of those QR codes. It will tell you about today's lineup, lots more on the individual bands as well, and you will find those notices throughout the park. As I said, we've got a, a lot of great music uh, coming up for you uh, between now and 9.30 this evening as well. So welcome all to Aylesbury Town Council's Live in the Park 2022. Now I've chatted with many of the acts at Live in the Park over the years, but I've never had the opportunity to chat with the compere of the event until this year. So here's Stoke Mandeville Hospital Radio's very own Des K. Des, you've been uh, you've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I have, uh, and it's uh, probably my favourite event. Um, it's such a, a great free family occasion for everybody, and I think Aylesbury Town Council do such a, a terrific job on uh, on putting this on. It just grows every year, and I mean, uh, looking at the crowd out there tonight, it's going to be quite wonderful. I think uh, when our headline actor there, but you're right. You know, I've been doing this event. Well, ever since it moved here to Vale Park, and then uh, I did a few of the Hobble on the Cobbles uh, that used to take place up there in Market Square. But it's, for me, it was uh, one of the best decisions ever made to switch it down to, uh, to Vale Park because you couldn't drink in Market Square, you know, and it was very, very difficult. You certainly couldn't get the size of crowd that we have here. So, no, it's a pleasure to be uh, hosting this. and. Uh, when it finishes, I'm always glad to go home and have a rock and roll cuppa, <laughs> I always say, and a ham sandwich or something. Probably watch uh, Match of the Day when I get back uh, later on tonight. It's a great event, I love it. So for you, over the years, what have been highlights for you? I think being involved right from the start, because um, there was some controversy in the early days about switching Pobble on the Cobbles to a different venue because the name itself, you know, was on the cobbles in Market Square. And I think seeing it grow from a meeting I had um, with the town council all those years ago, and we never could have dreamt how much, um, you know, it would grow. And I mean, you can see it today, oh, yeah. uh, what it's like. And there's been, um, you know, lots of memories introducing the mayor. And one of the years we had Toya, uh, Toya headline the festival and, um, you know, for me, my memory from that was um, there was a curtain up um, before Toya went on stage and I stood with Toya um, before she went on stage and she said to me, Des, I am really nervous. And I said, really? I said, blimey, you know, you're an actress, you've been uh, doing gigs for years. She said, but no, I'm really nervous. And then that curtain went back, she walked out on stage and boy, did she, uh, she deliver. And she did a version, I don't know whether you were here then, of uh, Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. I have heard her do a version and, you of know, that. Had I have not been here, I would never have believed it, but she was fantastic. So, so for me, meeting Toya and spending time uh, with her, yeah, that's, uh, that's a particular highlight. I like them all, to be honest, because they're all budding musicians, you know, uh, trying to make it. And there are some hugely talented people that that don't make it for whatever reason, you know, uh, you've got to be in the right place at the right time. 
in the showbiz world and there's a lot of talent out there that, um, that never makes it. And that's the real good thing about this event is that you've got these, like the Battle of the Bands type things where it showcases young talent. And um, the, the other artists throughout the day have been saying exactly the same thing. Um, the, the guys from, from Zarak have been saying that it's been really good talking with uh, people like Chloe Green, you know, the first event, the biggest thing she's ever done. And, you know, it's an emotional day for her. I think it is. I think for somebody young, you know, new to, if you like, um, doing gigs, this is one hell of a gig to do when you look out there and you see how many people are here. It's not like playing in a pub where you got, you know, perhaps three people and a dog sat in there or whatever. But, you know, I, I think it's a great platform for people. And then we've had uh, other people here as well that have been featured on uh, BBC Radio 1, Radio 2 and on 6 Music. So there's a great cross-section um, of people that appear here. And I think the council uh, do a great job in trying to provide a, a raw spectrum and a wide spectrum of music here because we've had some uh, yeah, really different people today yeah. it's been very eclectic yeah well Des it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and thank you thank you for uh, giving me the chance to have a chat with you <laughs> and uh, yeah enjoy the rest of the evening and uh, no doubt I'll speak to you again soon yeah thanks ever so much the first artist that I caught up with from the Bucks radio stage this year was Raj D. How are you doing, sir? I'm absolutely fine, thank you. It's so, such a lovely weather today and it was wonderful to perform here. So, what would you, how would you describe your sound? Um, I normally do various uh, Bollywood styles of uh, singing. So, I, it's, uh, today what I did was specifically just for dance numbers. It's because I knew people may not understand uh, the Hindi music. Or, or So, I uh, selected something which had beats, which had different kinds of beats. So, I selected three different styles of dance uh, uh, beats really. So, one was just a rap. So, I thought everyone can actually, everyone understands rap. Then it was, second one was Garba. It is uh, typically in Gujarat section of India that is played, uh, th those kind of uh, things are played and that has a specific style of uh, dancing which requires you to kind of dance with a couple of sticks in, in your hands and you just clip the sticks with yourself, your sticks and then with someone else and your partner and it just goes round and round uh, in the circle with big groups of people. Alright, so it's very similar to, um, uh, in, a, in a very loose way to some of the old dances that we have in the UK, like the Morris dancing with the sticks and things like that. Absolutely, yeah, you're quite right actually. It, it is very sim similar to that and where you can involve a large number of people and they all can actually uh, uh, dance uh, and in circles here. And the last uh, style was uh, typical Bhangra number. Now, I selected that particular beats because in amongst many styles of music from India, uh, Bhangra is known worldwide quite a lot because it's popularly used for dance numbers. Yeah. A typical light bulb fitting and, and yes. jumping. <laughs> so that was the one which I selected <laughs> to the last one. And uh, yeah, I think it went on well uh, with the audience here. So yeah. Because well, when you said it was a dance number and it started off and it's, it's almost like uh, a rave kind of song. Yeah, that's right. And I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah. I've obviously heard of Bhangra stuff before, <laughs> yeah. but I wasn't expecting that. But then when you've got uh, people like uh, Punjabi MC and people yeah. like that who, yeah. who 
brought Bangra into in the to, to, to the mainstream, uh, it's, it gives it there is a little bit of a Western sound to that as well. Absolutely, yeah. It has lots of Western music uh, in, in in the Bangra. So Bangra has basically dhol, which is the main thing, which gives the beats uh, specific types of beats, and it's all. But if you see in all over the world, music is mostly with six, sixteen beats or four beats or multiples of four beats, and this has dhol also, which is the same multiples of four beats, and um, it then. But then you have lots of percussions uh, now in Bangra, and you have lots of other kinds of drums which come into it. So yeah, it's it's generally to kind of get the people on the floor and, and start dancing. And it certainly has, because I mean, uh, with, with the, the Commonwealth Games being held in Birmingham, yes. uh, you know, the, the, the Bangra music was a big part of the, the ceremonies there, Indeed. and uh, it did. It lift people lift up. the people up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's the intent. And today, as I wasn't sure what will be the mix of crowd here, so I thought let's select something which has uh, more kind of uh, beats and, and kind of music which will help people to kind of uh, relate to the song a bit and uh, and kind of dance. <laughs> so that was the intent. Well, the good thing about Aylesbury in particular, we do have a quite a large. Um, South uh, South Asian uh, population. population. Yeah. Uh, we've got quite a diverse population anyway. South Asian, Caribbean, uh, and uh, a lot of big Italian community as well. So there's a, there's a quite a big mix of uh, absolutely yeah. people here. And it's lovely to see such a big crowd here today. Really, it, it, it was fantastic. I've uh, performed in. Uh, in the museum a few few times uh, the the different shows the oh, Diwali yes. shows and the holy shows and all those kind of things but uh, this is the first time i'm performing here in, in the park so it was really a good a good experience really a <laughs> nice experience so for your first experience here it's been uh, quite uh, uplifting for you being here absolutely absolutely i really enjoyed it <laughs> so um i mean uh, probably a lot of my listeners probably wouldn't know this but who are your inspirations uh, in, in music? Okay, so I, um, my basic style of music is based on Hindustani class, classical music. But obviously, you can't perform Hindustani classical here. No one will understand anything. <laughs> so, so uh, I, I am highly influenced by Pandit Jasraj, Pandit Ravi Shankar, and uh, Ravi Shankar. If you remember, he's yes. he's, he's quite well renowned. Pandit Jasraj is a kira kirana gharagharana uh, uh, exponent of music, and he has recently passed away. Yes, but I'm, I was very, I'm very highly influenced by his style of singing. And um, so it's around Hindustani classical uh, music. So this is mostly in the northern part of uh, in, the, in, in India, and it, it has again various rag, rag, ragas. So these ragas are uh, for different times of the days, for different diff, different uh, moods, different. Uh, if it's a monsoon, there are specific ragas for there for the night. There are specific ragas, and, and quite quite like Western classical actually. Uh, <clears throat> but it, it it has its own kind of uh, um, uh, theory uh, of, of music involved in that. So. Yeah. Because uh, Ravi Shankar, uh, he was uh, a big influence on George Harrison, wasn't absolutely, he? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, and I think his daughter's taken over the baton of uh, yes. his music as well. So yes. his music lives on. Absolutely, yes, which, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. the new nuances of the music. See, at the end of the day, the music is meant to connect to the soul. And um, you know, you're singing, singing. You've you've done justice to the song. If people can, you, if you can connect to the people who are listening to you, and that is the kind of a test of an artist uh, with a classical style of music you are you have lots of different uh, regulations uh, r 
rules really, not regulations, <laughs> rules uh, around uh, every uh, structure of the song, different structures of the song. And, uh, and, and of course, over here, for example, I would have, had this been a classical uh, program, I would have selected specific songs which starts at, uh, which, which is meant to be performed in the afternoon and late afternoon of the day. Right. And that uh, so these ragas are specific to kind of uh, it will automatically uh, help in connecting with the people and people will kind of understand. So for example, if it's the middle of the day and you are single, let's say a ghazal, ghazal is, is poetry uh, based uh, songs and um, they are poetry, slightly slowish numbered with specific ragas and if you sing in the middle of the day, no one will connect with that. They will not understand uh, what you're trying to communicate. But if you, the same thing is performed, let's say, at starting at 9 o'clock in the night and say 8.30, 8 9 o'clock in the night, people will be absolutely engrossed for three, four hours and you can sing as many ghazals as you want. <laughs> so it reflects your sort of like your karma then when yeah, yeah. Or, or, or the time of day. Absolutely. absolutely. So that's interesting. Yeah, and uh, because the ragas, uh, the notes, the, the, the notes are not plain notes. So for example, you, say, you sing do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, to, and you have sa, re, ga, ma, pa, da, ni, sa, same in Hindi. But you have uh, the common note. What what is known as so? Sare gama is not normal, but sare gama padhani sa. So that's absolutely. I'm not hitting on the on the pure notes. I'm hitting on on the, on the off notes uh, there. So for particular structures of song, particular time of the day, they will suit absolutely. <laughs> they are suited for for that. That's brilliant. <laughs> so because so the, the scale actually floats more than the sort of the Western scale. Yes. So they are not pure notes. Uh, they will they will be pure notes on some songs. They will be a mix of pure notes and uh, and, and acute notes uh, on on the other song other songs. So and it will be a mix of uh, these these things. That's the structure of each rag. So diff, diff, different rags have different structures, and there are hundreds of rags, right? <laughs> so I've got, well, obviously the last question I'm going to ask you is about how people can contact you and all that kind of stuff. But the last question I always ask every artist, I'll be very interested to hear your opinion on this. Is uh, it's kind of like desert island discs where if you were on a, a desert island and you had one album that you could play what would that be you know I've never thought about this but if uh, if I were stuck I'll possibly select one of the fusion number of Ravi Shankar which is a which is a fusion of Western classical and, and Hindustani classical that will give me immense play peace <laughs> really <laughs> That'll be, that'll be interesting now because my listeners will probably be looking for that now to, to find out what you're talking about and then, then get a, 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 broad, a broader outlook on their, on their musical taste. Sure. I'll, and actually, I'm working on a few projects and, uh, and I've actually re just after this program, I met someone, I was talking to someone who, who uh, plays Italian kind of music. All right. And uh, in the three minutes we managed to talk now, uh, we said, okay, why don't we create a fusion number uh, which will be a mix of Western as well as uh, Hindustani and there have been many experiments which have been done but uh, I'd, I'd like to have my own kind of uh, style in there. <laughs> so Raj, as I, as I said, how can people get hold of you? 
um, I am always available on WhatsApp. Uh, it is, uh, if I can say my phone number, it is 07961766396 or I am on YouTube at uh, RAJD01 which is RajD01 and I am also on Facebook which is RajDay, RAJDE. <laughs> and so happy to talk to any people who want to listen to <laughs> Well, Raj, it's been a pleasure talking with you and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you a few of the artists and bands that I spoke to on the day have graciously allowed me to play some of their tracks into the show, and Raj D was one of those artists. Zumbagi, Zumbagi, Zumbagi. 
Raj D singing Gila Zindagi or Live Life and Zindagi Ka Safar or Journey of Life. Uh, you'll have to excuse my pronunciation there. A few of the artists that featured on the Bucks radio stage this year were not used to big stages or big audiences, and the next artist I chatted with was one of them. Here's Chloe Green. You're quite new to the scene, aren't you? Yeah, I've never quite done a big performance like that before. Um, and um, you, you've been writing your own songs um, and um, I've been listening to them and I, I can't really put my finger on what kind of sound it has. How, what, how would you describe your... I would, I would probably say the closest is bedroom pop or alternative, but some songs are quite completely different. Like right. I have a few that don't fit in, but... Yeah, that's but that's, that's good though, isn't it? Because that means you're unique to everybody else. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it something you've always wanted to do, sing? Yeah, I've always been interested in it. I used to do the little school competitions when I was younger, and um, I realised that, like, I'm not to pat myself on the back, but I'm actually quite good at writing. So I thought it'd be cool to take the fact that I can make music and actually start making songs because I come from a musical family so it's always been quite in me I guess. Yeah. So what what are your inspirations to write? Probably just hmm, I'd say more I like coming up with words around emotions and feelings and just explaining how I feel about something and then also using metaphors to try and explain it. It's, it's quite a confusing way to put it. I'm not... No, it's, it's quite, an interesting way, quite an interesting way of putting it because if you put it here as a metaphor, sometimes that will spark somebody else to understand things and that they'll relate to what you're talking about. Yeah, it's such a specific feeling when you put it in metaphors that I feel like it's, it's very niche, the people that will understand it, but the people that do, I think it will connect to them quite well. And who would you say would be your inspiration for, for writing and singing? Inspiration? Like... Is there any artists that... Well, I mean, I, my music isn't similar, but I grew up listening to people like Amy Winehouse and currently listening to people like Billie Eilish and Arlo Parks. But I feel like just the lyricism of Amy really rubs off on me in a way because 
although my music doesn't sound like hers, it's very inspiring to me and how she tells a story through through words, yeah. Well, that, that is exactly what music should be. Is it, It's the only thing I find that can inspire and create a set of emotions like that. You can hear a, a song and it can take you, it's like time travel, it can yeah. take you to a certain point in your life. And uh, I don't think there's anything else that can, can do that. Music is a very magical thing. Yeah, music can do a lot for a lot of people. And it can, it can help, help people out as well, because I know people that have been in a dark place and because of somebody's music, it's brought them out of that situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so are you touring with other uh, festivals and things? Um, now I've done this, I feel like I've kind of got my ground for it, so I'm going to have a look around probably. I haven't got any coming up so far, but I'm definitely going to get more into it because it was really fun out there. I was a lot less nervous than I thought I'd be. So. Yeah, you, you really come across really confident up there today. today. Thank you. So, I've got a couple more questions and the first one is, and I ask this to everybody, it's kind of like a desert island disc situation. If you were on a desert island, forget about the fact that you might need electricity or whatever to play the, yeah. the, the device. Um, you had one album, what would that be? Oh my gosh. Um, wow, what a question. I've never been asked that, that's going to take me a minute. <laughs> Oh. I really don't know. It would either be like a really old jazz compilation, because I love jazz music, I just can't play it. Or it would be something recent, like a like a Billie Eilish album or something. Yeah. I it's really hard to, I can't, I don't know. I've, I've, I've had some people cop out a little bit and say, can I take a playlist? <laughs> Um, but you know, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear what kind of albums that people like listening to. Because yeah. there's always an album that you can listen to over and over again. Yeah, my problem is that most of the albums I listen to, I, I rinse them ridiculously. <laughs> They're always on loop. That's brilliant. So if people want to listen to your music, yeah. uh, how can people get hold of you? Um, I'm basically on everything, so if you just search up Chloe Green on like Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, whatever it is, I'll be on that. And then on social media, um, for Twitter, it's, well, usually I just take the last letters off my name, so it would just be Chloe Green on a lot of things, sometimes with a J in the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, quite easy. So you're pretty much everywhere. Yeah, basically. Okay. So it's been an actual pleasure talking with you. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, you too. Next up was the first band that I chatted with from the main stage, and it's a three piece rock and roll band called Damo and the Dynamites. You join the chat as Damo introduces the rest of the band. And I'm with Damo and the Dynamites. Now, who have we got here? We've got Damo, well, I'm the singer, got Jack and bass player, Roy on the drums. So, define your sound. Kind of like 50s rock and roll, stroke, there's a little bit of rockabilly in there. We'll try and keep it as, like similar to the 50s. Now we've got our own little swing on the beat, like, you know. But, uh, that's about it, really. Just having a bit of fun with rock and roll music. 
so I, I, can, I can probably tell by the, the kind of music that you're playing, but your inf influences on the, on the kind of stuff you play. From the beginning, it was Elvis, then Eddie Cochran, and all that, and then the 80s, bang, the Stray Cats that came along. Yeah, like, I remember uh, the haircut. Yeah, yeah that was fine. Got me beat up at school for being the only rockabilly and <laughs> grease there and all that lot. Yeah, there's a good sound as well. And um, is it kind of festival things like this that you play or is it just uh, all kinds of venues? We started off playing mainly pubs so that we could build a bit of a reputation, get known, get tight as a band. And then we started moving into playing more clubs than pubs. We still do play pubs. But most of our, our gigs these days are at working men's clubs, social clubs, Royal British Legion, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then um, Sylvie, my wife, who also does all of our PR and social media stuff, is constantly engaging with all the people who run events like this. And we've been having had a, a very pleasant number of these gigs this year. We've got another one tomorrow and another one in two weeks' time. And these are just like really, really good fun. They're, they're a very pleasant way to spend a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. And again, they widen out who, who sees you, who knows you. A lot of people are here right now who wouldn't be at the local Royal British Legion, wouldn't be down at the Dog and Duck, but they're here. Yeah. And so do you think events like this bring the sort of the, the rock and roll, rockabilly sound to a, a younger audience? Definitely, because they, they seem to dig it quite a lot. We're, we, whenever we play these sort of things, um, you, know, you see a few youngsters up dancing around, bobbing around, it, as well as the old people as well. So. It's very, it's very approachable music. You don't need to know Eddie Cochran or Johnny Burnett to get into their songs. It, it takes all of 12 bars yeah. to get in there and think, yeah, I know where this is going, and you can then join in. So it's, it's not like listening to um, Pink Floyd or something. I love Pink Floyd, but you need to listen to Pink Floyd several oh, yeah. times to get anything by them. And you have to listen to, because it's normally a concept sort of album, yeah. you've got to listen to the whole thing right away through. Yeah. But these are all two and a half minute love stories. So, so you, you say you've been in uh, you know different bands and, and different places and, and, and stuff. So when did you start playing, you guys? together as a band four years just over four years well, the, the band existed first when Damo was the only current member of it oh wow we've been, we've been yeah when I was born in yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of lineup changes the original bass player left and I came in the original drummer left Roy came in so this lineup has been more or less settled now certainly since Covid we played together before Covid but we've been uh, pretty rock solid since Covid so did you get to do any kind of uh, sort of virtual gigs or anything when, when we had lockdown and stuff? Or I, I happen to own, I'm a local landowner, I own two acres of beech trees wow. up above Great Missenden, right. which I don't know if you know the area, but no, I'm not you know Great Missenden, yeah. okay. So I keep my bees up there, because I'm a beekeeper, right. and uh, amongst other things. So we tried rehearsing up there in a properly socially distanced, civically responsible sort of way. But that's the closest we got to doing the sort of remote stuff. We're not really set up for rehearsing by Zoom. It just doesn't work for us, you know. I suppose it's because, you know, rock and roll's more organic than that, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it can't be forced. It's something that actually happens. It's one of those things. You know, with us, like, we only ever play the same the song. The song the same twice. I mean, there's always something a little bit different in the songs. Oh, so you give it a little bit you of a, a, bit a bit personal feel. Personal. That's really creative. good, though. We're creative. Yeah, yeah. Jazzy. <laughs> <laughs>
The thing is, we don't rehearse. Ever. Ever? Wow. So, if we, on the rare occasions we want to bring in new material, we learn it individually, the three of us. Well, I think we already know them anyway. You're going to do three steps to heaven. I grew up listening to three steps to heaven. So did you, so did Roy, so did Damo. So, it's not a real problem to learn how to play it. And then you go to a gig and you put it in the first set where nobody's going to notice and see how good you are, or otherwise. Now, uh, obviously, uh, in, in a minute, I will ask you about uh, you know how people can get hold of you and hear your music and stuff. But there's one question, and uh, all three of you can answer this one. Um, it's, I'll, it's kind I'll of have to work his mouth. Quiet <laughs> one. <laughs> there's um, like, it's a bit like Desert Island Discs. Now, if you had one album to listen to. For the rest of my life? Yeah, what would it be? Abbey Road. That's a good choice. I'd probably go for the Eddie Cochran 25th anniversary album. Okay. With the Beatles. Another good choice. Ooh, old school. Very old school. I could be at loads of There's loads of you can choose. Oh. Stereo or mono version? Uh, has to be mono. <laughs> has to be the mono. Jeff Emmerich himself has said that when they remastered it into stereo, it, it really wasn't the same at all. It was intended to be listened to in mono. You listen to it in stereo, it's rubbish. So, yeah, so how can people listen to your stuff and, and, and uh, We've got a see really gigs? Solid social media presence. My, my wife Sylvia Blue Jay does all that for us. So, we have got obviously Facebook, we've got Twitter, we're on Lemon Rock, we've got YouTube. Uh, in all cases, if you just look up Demo and the Dynamites, you'll find us. Awesome. You'll also find that Demo is a songwriter as well as a, a player. So we've got four of his originals available on you know, YouTube and SoundCloud and what have you. Uh, we're not trying to sell them particularly. They're just really good songs. They're worth having a listen to. I'll have to check those out. Excellent. Well, guys, it's been fantastic talking with you. Cool, man. Excellent. And, uh, I would say enjoy your day, but I know you've got a, a Oh, I've got bit. plenty to do, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but some, some of us can laser out the rest of the day. <laughs> Are we done? Yeah. Outstanding. Pleasure to meet you, sir. Jack from the band kindly sent me some tracks to play into the show.
slack
that was Damo and the Dynamites with Cut Me Some Slack and a really cool instrumental track called Hot Rod Surftastic. Now at this point during the day, I was supposed to be talking with Russell Scott, who is the musical director for the Next Stage Choir, but unfortunately one of the choir members had a medical emergency during their set. Although the show went on, Russell's main concern, of course, was the welfare of his colleague, and we hope she was okay and recovered quickly. So on to the next artist, who Ruth Mayhew mentioned in our chat. Clark Rainbow is just pure energy which comes out through her music and you can hear it during our chat too. Okay. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How about you? It's fantastic. A nice day and uh, some fantastic music out there and it's your first time on a stage like this. Yeah, I, I've only performed in, I, I think, maybe maximum 100, 200 people at once, so to be in front of this many people is kind of crazy. Yeah. It came across because the, the, your emotion was there, but it was fantastic to hear it because it was, it was natural. Yeah. And uh, it, yeah, it shone through, and, and and you voiced it as well. So that was that was the main thing. So, how would you define your style of music? I really don't know. I've never I've never put a label. I, I think I think I just love being labelless in every sense. I just I hate putting labels on things. I I, I just make beep, boop music. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's just music. Like I will. I'll really want to make a like make a song because I, I hear it in my head and it doesn't exist yet. So I just try and make it. I don't know. I don't tie myself down to one specific label. That's what I thought because I, obviously before I came here, I, I always listened to a little bit of the music of the people that's on on the show, and I thought to myself, I don't think there is anybody out there that sounds like you. So that's that's a good thing. Yes, sir. So, who would you say? inspires you musically? Um, actually, well, it's not what you would expect. I don't really listen to a lot of uh, chart music or anything. I listen I listen to a lot of video game soundtracks and uh, like Japanese uh, video game stuff. So I, I take chord progressions from there that interest me and I incorporate them into my songs. That's the main thing. But I also like like rappers and stuff. Like if I find a, a really nice beat that they have behind it, I get really intrigued as to how they made it. So I think that shows because the stuff that you play even though there's a, a distinct message, there's a very upbeat uh, backbeat and very heavy bass lines to, to what you they, they, I don't know, they, they, the bass lines are not meant to be like that. I mean, they were just very crushed in that in that speaker. I don't understand what happened to my AOAs. They were, I don't know how, something that was, they're not, they're not that strong usually. <laughs> but it sounded good though, so it doesn't. Thank you. <laughs> and, um, you were saying on, on your set that there were certain things that you uh, were singing about, like uh, body consciousness and that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, is it important to, to put a message out like that for, for yourself? For, well, for me, I don't... It's just... I don't think you have to do that with music, but I. it just... When I think about lyrics and when I write a song, I, it's just like the melody invokes a kind of topic that I want to write the lyrics on. So then I just go from there. That's good. Um, so, there's one last question, and I ask this of everybody. And it's uh, a bit whimsical, I suppose. It's a bit like Desert Island Discs. So if you were stuck on a desert island and you had one album, what would that be? 
I'm not prepared for this. It's hard, isn't it? Oh my gosh, you're asking the most indecisive person in the world. Um, maybe you will tell the creator. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I can't think of anything. Maybe. Well, no, do you know what? I'm going to say the Undertale soundtrack because that has like 150 songs. That'll keep me going. That'll keep me going for sure, yeah. Yep. I've had some people cop out a little bit and say, can I take a playlist? So. <laughs> That's an album. That is an album. There you go. So, how can people listen to your music and get hold of you and want to see you do stuff? Well, I'm mainly on Instagram. I made a TikTok, but I'm literally tiny brained. I don't know how to use it. Um, I'm on Instagram, I've got Spotify, I've got Apple Music, uh, that's basically it. So you're pretty much everywhere really. Well, sort of. kind of. <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. Well Clark, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. Clark also gave me permission to play one of her tracks into the show, so have a listen to this. Thanks.
So that was awful. No, that's not my opinion of it, of course, but that is the title of Rainbow Clark's track. Next up is an artist difficult to describe. It's 80s-influenced LJ Phoenix, who was really good fun to talk with. Just came off stage, it was really fun, very, very interesting. So much energy up there. Yeah, no, it was wild, like there was people at the front just sort of screaming and dancing. Um, it was nice to see a lot of families out as well. Um, it's really nice to do something for the community as well, so yeah, it's really wicked, wild. So, people right now, you, when, when you have a look at the website, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about here, but your, uh, your image, what was that inspired by? Um, a lot of fast food, a lot of burritos, and a lot of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just sort of came up with it. Uh, I just wanted to look different and have my own sort of image. It's kind of what I've settled with. And hopefully it sticks. It's a bit interesting. So. There's a bit of Freddie Mercury there. There's really? a, a bit of uh, Adamant in there. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, I don't know who else. The rest of it is pretty much you. So, yeah. <laughs> and it shows when you're doing stuff on stage, it's totally you. It's unique. Yeah. Um, your style of music, how would you define that? So I grew up on rock, like 80s rock with like hair metal, because my mum's massive on hair metal and uh, sort of force-fed Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and all that. And I was in a band for a bit, but I kind of wanted to have like sort of like a modern edge and do something different um, for the DeLorean album. But in Atlantis, my next album, I'm going back into the dark, heavy rock, more like Pink Floyd sort of vibes, very sort of so a bit more psychedelic. Bit more progressive. Yeah, more progressive rock. So that's kind of the direction of because that's where I came from I sort of had a little bit of time out and that's where I'm going to go back to but I'm going to keep sort of infuse it with the DeLorean Edge and create this sort of new thing uh, so next year is going to be very interesting yeah it sounds good now the DeLorean album the sound of it is very uh, very 80s influence but it's uh, it's kind of I can say it's synth pop rock uh, the, the, yeah, yeah. the backing on it uh, I think I read somewhere that you may have been influenced by the likes of like Corey Hart and people yeah, like no, that. Yeah, I love Corey Hart. Like, I wear my sunglasses at night so I can. <laughs> so I can actually sing that and I did that at a karaoke and I was like, geez. And we filmed it and it actually sounds like it's very almost sort of that kind of style. You can hear it. You can actually hear it. When I heard the, the beat come in and I thought, yeah, I can see where he's coming from with this. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I was hoping to have. So. <laughs> no, that, I'm glad someone got that, man. That's wicked. <laughs> but that's it. I mean, that, that synth pop, that 80s synth pop, is, is very in. I don't get why it stopped. It should have carried on. Yeah. Uh, I thought, try and bring it back. Best era <laughs> ever. <laughs> this generation needs it, I think. They need that rock. They, they, need, they that. need to have that energy again. Yeah. And I think artists uh, like you are, are pushing it forward. So that's really cool. So we've, we've been down... So Corey Hart was uh, an influence. Who else has an uh, influence on you? So I was influenced by Michael Jackson a little bit, like in sort of like the theatrics and like sort of he delivered a show and he'd dress up very like wow. Uh, I did used to change outfits, but it got too much hassle. Like, I mean, we don't have enough space in the car. <laughs> yeah, the boots probably like I don't know. I could probably just about fit. 
maybe a box yeah. in there. Uh, so yeah, that's quite a wild one. Um, so yeah, we kind of cut back on the wardrobe and stuck to just one clean outfit. So what sort of gigs do you normally perform at? So I'm usually doing pubs and festivals, so I'm not a virgin to these festival kind of things. Um, yeah, no, I'm usually like sort of like a support act and things like that. So my, my, my goal is to try and get like at the headline shows and things like that next. Because uh, the show, believe it or not, is usually about an hour, maybe an hour and a half long. And I do the whole album live. Uh, whereas for here, we, it was 25 minutes, so got quite a lot of people to get through. Um, so it'd be quite nice to come back one day and do the whole thing. Um, hey, maybe, that'd be wicked. I do. If they ask us. Um, yeah, town council got a thing of not asking people back. Uh, the following year because they like to have Yeah, so it might be a couple but of years. They're in only a couple of years, they might ask you back to yeah. be headline. I mean, that would be amazing if they did. <laughs> I'd definitely throw in Corey Hart there oh, if, yeah. if they did. Ellsbury's yeah. crying out for that. Oh, I'm sure it is, isn't it? So, what do you what do you think of live in the park? I think it's great. I think it's amazing for like young people to sort of showcase their music, and I think it's great for families as well. Because believe it or not, my sister, we're twins. Uh, she's a musician as well. She's running like a learn to play instruments tent here today with her X Y Z music academy. Yeah. I know them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. My sister's one of the new tutors. Um, so. Yeah. yeah, I interviewed them a couple of years back, and then they were asked back to do the, the, um, the Battle of the Bands. Oh, wow, cool. So, uh, I think they're running that again today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so cool. Because <laughs> you, don't, you don't get those kind of competitions anymore. No, you don't. It used to be such a big thing. Yeah. And uh, it's good that uh, they're just starting to bring that kind of thing back again. Because, uh, you know, back in the day, you had the likes of your John Peel and your... Uh, oh, God, yeah. Your, with new talent and, and bringing them through. And, and you don't get... You, you get, like, the, the discovery stuff and all that kind of thing. But, but you do need events to bring in new talent. And, no, it's uh, really nice. So I'm actually really grateful for the opportunity because usually, like, we get, like, a lot of sort of issues so like there's a lot of jealous bullies I had growing up and things and try, try and stop make up stories ex-girlfriends try and pitch in and they even tried it with the show they tried put like saying all this stuff to the council oh that was that reference was all about earlier oh yes that's what yeah yeah yes yes I get it um, which is very sad because I'm an innocent person with lovely music and I'm a family person it's just why do that and it's obviously they're jealous quite a lot of people do similar to me and they get similar but like, it actually affects them and it's really shameful but I dedicated a song to them even though they hate me so I thought that was a way of just sort of yeah, let's, let's do it. rubbing it in a little bit back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that because I don't really know what to do with it really <laughs> <laughs> now I've got one last question and I ask this to every artist that I speak to it's a bit like Desert Island Discs and it's if you were on a desert island and you had one album, what would it be? One album? Yeah. Uh, it'd probably be the Michael Jackson Greatest Hits. That's the only way I could survive, because you could put it on every day and still feel good, and you won't get bored, and you could dance. I'm um, kind of like that with Prince. 
Yeah, I, I agree I, with I always, I always have prints on my phone, no matter where I am. If I'm feeling bad, I'll put some prints on and I feel good. Yeah, but you got Slash in there, you got um, the Billy Idol guitarist on there. Yeah, yeah. You've uh, got uh, the female that plays with him on the tours, she's on the album as well. So it's like there's a lot of things in there. Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah. quite a lot of them on the album, so you're kind of getting <laughs> all of it in one album, really. So. Actually, uh, one of the girls that uh, sang with him on, um, I can't remember the track it was now, Saida Garrett. Um, she follows me on Twitter for some reason, I don't know why. Because uh, I've not had any real, I suppose because I follow Janet Jackson, so it might have to do with that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the side of Garrett, and I thought, is that the same side of Garrett that used to sing with Michael Jackson? Sure enough, yeah, it is. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, how can people get hold of you and find your music? And so, um, ljphoenix.com, uh, spelled P H E O N I X on purpose. Um, that's actually my name. Uh, that's my that's what it says on my passport and driving license. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, just go on ljphoenix.com or I'm on Instagram ljphoenixofficial or just facebook.com/ljphoenix. It's quite quite a simple way to find us. Um, I've got my current album up uh, on Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, and everything. Um, so yeah, I've got quite a lot. Basically, if you put in LJ Phoenix on Google, quite a lot of other stores come up. Uh, I can't list them all because it's like something over like 67 stores I'm in. Um, but we're looking to get sort of like the hard copies pushed on the website uh, and get quite a lot of merch. We have got merch here today, but I don't know if we've sold any yet, so we'll have a look. So it's been an actual pleasure talking with you. No, thank you so much. And uh, enjoy the rest of the evening. Yeah, you too. No, thank you. It's pleasure to meet you. So next I chatted with Michaela and Aaron from the band Macoran. So how are you doing, guys? All good. Yeah, it's doing great, thank you. It's been an amazing day. So, live in the park, what's that like for you guys? It's just great being able to come to my hometown and do something for them. And I mean, it's only five minutes down the road, which is an extra juicy bonus. So, but yeah, no, it's great to see everyone all come together, and it's just a great event. Love doing it. So you're, so you're an Aylesbury girl then? Absolutely, yes, yes. So I'm, I don't live in Aylesbury now, but I am from Aylesbury originally, so I come back to give something back to the, my old community. Yeah, so, that's what, so, how would you describe your sound? God, this is a question for you, really, isn't it? A sound? It's yeah. Acoustic, pop rock, country. It's kind of what we go for. Yeah, well, we do covers and stuff, so but we try and make it our own, don't we? As the duo, but we have had a full band from the sound, so yes. we more electric band, but yeah, acoustic drum machine. <laughs> At the moment, yeah, we're sort of the acoustic duo, but watch the space. You do quite a lot of mashups, don't you? Because it's sort of kind of like a what they, what they used to call in the old days a mix of, uh, of different things. Yeah, we like keeping people on their toes. To be honest, we love seeing their faces change and go, oh, hold on a minute, that's the difference. Whoa, 
what's going on here? Like, yeah. <laughs> we used to work in the holiday resorts, that's where we met, so that's from McCorran and the Camajua and the Forest Resort, so obviously people on holiday love dancing and so we've done that bit, trying to keep them on the toes, that's how that came about and then we just continued it. So, who would you say are your influences for your music? Uh, Pink. Pink, for definite. I used to listen to her all the time growing up. Um, she's just such a oh, yeah, pop rock yeah. goddess. I love her and I want to keep her. She's got a bit of attitude. Yes. Sass. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah. I'm a big Beatles and Eagles fan. I love all the old school stuff. So. I love harmonies, so any band that does loads of harmonies, I love There's, that kind of music. A lot of 70s, um, what they probably they call yacht rock now, has got a lot of harmonies in, yeah, in, in that stuff. So you've got um, bands like Chicago and stuff like that, they do a lot of uh, harmonies and things. But um, yeah, that's, that's really... That's a, an unusual mix there, really. Yes, completely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Yeah, I, I like rock music as well. So, yeah, we kind of found a happy medium and just yeah, put yeah. everything in there. Well, you especially love like the musicality of everything that went along with the Beatles and the way, the way, the way that they produced and yeah. made their music. And Yeah, he's very musical, that, yeah. that side of things. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of evolved, didn't they? Because they went from sort of pop to more progressive stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think they've covered everything actually. Yeah. yeah. They've done yeah. Right up to you know, proper what I would call rock music rather than rock and roll. They cover everything. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a good way to look at things. But what you do it seems to work because um, you always seem to get the crowd uplifted with your sets. And that's that's a good feel because it was it, it's kind of some of the stuff that you do and it's not because you're Irish yeah. but there is a Celtic yeah. kind of a Celtic feel to yeah. some of the yeah. things you do we do yeah yeah well like, we, like I said we, we met in a place called Salou and then Salou uh, just south of Barcelona Costa Dorada yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so I used to I used to play in an Irish bar and Michaela played play in the bar of the world and I suppose when we kept together we put the car together I always played an Irish bar, so it's kind of half of my set and half of our set coming together, and that's kind of what we've done. Yeah, yeah just made our own. And if I go wrong, he just follows me because I do that quite often. <laughs> we do play in Irish bars, non Irish bars. We're going to play in an Irish bar right now. So, yeah. We are, yeah. Cafeteries tonight, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. The cafeteries. So, there's one question, and I've asked this to every artist that I've interviewed since I've been doing these in 2018. Um, it's kind of like Desert Island Discs, and it's, if you were on an island and you had one album, what would it be? If you were on an be? island and had one album? What would it be? One that you could listen to again and again. That's a good question. It would still be for me either Pink or Guns N' Roses. It's literally. Yeah, I, I love the Live Eagles album, Hell Freezes All, but probably be that for me. Um, it's one of my favourites, so. 
or just just give me a, an acoustic guitar and I'll be happy out. <laughs> There's been some really interesting choices actually with people. Well, go on, what's the? I mean, you've had Led, your Led Zeppelins, and yeah. then uh, you've had your Janis Joplin's, you've had all all different things. Sure. But you had the odd couple of people that have copped out and said, "How about a playlist?" <laughs> but for me, it would be Music in the Key of Life by uh, Stevie Wonder. Classic album. Stevie, we do, we do, we do some this. We do, don't we? Uh... I do love a bit of Prince as well. I, I always have Prince on my phone because if I'm feeling, nah, Prince always brings me out. I suppose if you've only yes. want one album, you probably want like a, an L hit to the mix of everything. Uh, no, but that's not an album of an actual like oh, no. a band or oh, person. No. That is almost like a playlist. Yeah. No Spotify, Cheap. no. Just, just Cheap. Just Actually, there was an album that came out <laughs> at the beginning of the millennium called Music of the Millennium and it had all the best stuff from the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s and I was like, that'll do me, that, that's a great album. But yeah, once again, copping out a little bit. But uh, yeah, so if people want to hear you and find out where you are and stuff, how do they get a hold of you? Okay, so we have a Facebook page, uh, which is obviously www.facebook.com forward slash Micora Music, so M-I-C-O-R-A-N Music, and then that'll take them straight to our Facebook page. Um, yeah, I also have my own uh, production company, MJ Productions. Uh, we were actually here today doing the Disney Singing Princesses in the Kids Entertainment Tent. Oh, right. Yes, so we had Belle, uh, Mirabelle from Encanto and Elsa singing over there doing their sets. Um, and that's, again, Facebook forward slash mjproductions.ents, E-N-T-S. And we do things like the singing, obviously um, promote us as a duo, us as a band, um, and I have stilt walkers and fire performers and other singers and loads of other goodies that come from it too. So. Awesome. <laughs> well, it's been absolutely a pleasure talking to you both. Thank, Thank you. you very much. You time. too. And, um, you're rushing off now to do another gig. Let's yeah. do it all again. Uh, have a good one. Thank, Thank you, you very so much. much. Thank you for talking Thank to you. us. Thanks. Thanks a lot. The next band were crazy as a box of frogs, but such a good laugh. Here's Codename Colin. How you doing, lads? Yeah, all right, yeah, mate. A bit warm, a bit sweaty. <laughs> nice, and, nice and moist. <laughs> so, so, who have we got here? I'm Charlie, I play guitar and sing. I'm Mewis, I play bass. Uh, I'm Jay, I play drums. And, and the horns are off over there. Yeah, so Ian well. and Snowy are yeah. somewhere meeting the fans. The horn section are always somewhere else. Yeah. So, Probably yeah. bar. <laughs> so, codename Colin, yeah. where did that come from? Uh, I it was. have a logo in here, you have to get it. <laughs> <laughs> An ex bass player from years ago uh, really liked the TV show Spaced. I thought it might have something uh, to do with so that. So, he, he actually named the band back in 2012. Um, Alex and yeah, he, he likes space and also a cartoon called Codename Kids Next Door. So he that I don't combined. Yeah, I don't <laughs> <laughs> it was a cartoon he liked to watch, so it stuck. And his wife drew up the original logo with Colin the dog, and it's just stuck since then. So I saw the logo and I thought, is that the dog from Space? And I thought, yeah, it's good that you get it because not a lot of people do. Everybody <laughs> always thinks that I'm Colin, and I'm like, no, no, the dog's Colin. <laughs> 
Fun fact, Emma actually met Colin once. Ah, yeah, wow. the dog. My yeah, wife dog. met the dog. I met Simon Pig. <laughs> Steve, I've heard. Actually, I think Simon Pig was there, but she picked my attention. So, your sound, how would you define it? Uh, aerobic fish ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> Any ska punk band from the mid 90s that was popular in California, uh, that is pretty much our sound. So, basically, wishing it was still 2001. <laughs> yeah, vaguely. Um, yeah, so, because I, I, back then I used to call that new punk. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a, this sort of, um, the, it's like the third wave of ska, really. Yeah. So it's sort of taken from the two tone and just added it with all the punk and stuff. There's definitely a cross between like skate punk, which is around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And, yeah, like, that's like that. Yeah, just throwing around and hurting yourself a lot, that's uh, basically what it was, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously from that, your influences? Pretty varied, really. Um, like, you know, the, the obvious ones are the American ska punk and skate punk bands, but... Like Lesson Jake. Yeah, but then like, you know, I'd love Finn Lizzy and Meatloaf and Elton John. And, like, yeah. We're, we're like, you guys got a completely different taste. Yeah, well. I like my metal quite a lot, and also like my, yeah, more punk stuff, like, yeah, I was saying Bad Religion and Rancid. Cool. Definitely Rancid. <laughs> it's, it's mine, it's great. <laughs> what about yourself as a drummer? Yeah, pretty much the same as these guys, to be fair, there's not much to add. Um, yeah, literally exactly the same. <laughs> punk, any kind of punk or rock, but even, even then, my, yeah, my taste is quite varied, so. Got bands like Manchester Orchestra. I quite like how, how he goes around and uses the kit. Um, I quite like that. So. Cool. So, when it comes to venues and things, are you used to playing this kind of Not thing? Really. No, we, 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 we do play a few of the like town festivals, like what's like, it, Stevenage. I say in front of the crowd. I don't know if they've crowd, ever played it? in front of a crowd before, but that's a big crowd. It is for your first your first gig. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 100%. very much so. So, talking about gigs, what kind of um, venues do you prefer normally? Um, well, we'll play anywhere. Um, yeah, over the years. So, where, where are you guys based then? Uh, Hemel, Hemel mostly. Right. Um, sort of around the area, like he lives in Watford and Ian lives in Biggleswade, but yeah, so I'm mostly around Hemel. One of, the, one of the other guys, that I know he works in Letchworth. Okay. Uh, one of your band members works oh, in Letchworth. Oh, Ian, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I come from Letchworth, so oh, right. uh, well, I come from Aylesbury, but I live in Letchworth. Yeah, well, it's a fair so, person back from the north. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, yeah. So it's quite surprising when he said, Oh, I work in Letchworth. I went, oh, Really? <laughs> Nobody works in Letchworth. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> the band doesn't pay the bills, we all do still have to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what is your, your favourite type of venues? Is it sort of like clubs and stuff like that? or? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Um, a bit more intimate. Yeah, there's a the small little ones where people are crammed in. Just they go, all, they go nuts. All having a good time. Yeah. But I do like having all that space. You can move about a lot. It, it is nice having the space, but you do lose. The, oh, I always have the same mat. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah. there's a venue in South London. Uh, that's why you were so far away from the drum. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're into your punk, you need to go down New Crossing. New Crossing in South London. That's probably the best. Punk scar punk venue. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, Definitely. So, I've got one more question that I like to ask, and I ask it to everyone I interview. 
It's a bit like a desert island disc type thing. Okay. So you're on a desert island and you've got one album that you could play and play again. What would it be? Can it be a greatest hit or does it have to be? A an lot album? of people say that. I, I, I know the band, <laughs> but I can't decide which album. It'd be System, Simpson Madown. Probably Toxicity, just because it's a great album. And I've probably listened to it 7,000 times and I don't mind 7,000 more. So. <laughs> what about yourself? Uh, to be honest, it's got to be probably Futures, Jimmy Eat World. Oh, wow. That's got to be that one. Yeah. Nice. I can't, yeah, I know. It's quite surprising. Yeah. It's uh, just something about that album that I love. Love every song on it. Um, even out or maybe Bleed American, I'm not sure. Okay. Are you going on about a great I'm going to cheat and say the world one greatest hits of Finn Lizzy. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's just great. Oh. All the bangers on it. So, not, the rumors, so, so none of us said Scar Punk. No. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> oh, it would be, it'd, it'd be our album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was watching something the other day, and they, uh, it was an American thing, and they classed Thin Lizzy as a one-hit wonder. That's just bizarre. Yeah. What? But they also classed The Darkness as a one-hit wonder. No, oh, that album. They at least had, they had five singles off of that first album that yeah. were all chart, in yeah. the top 20 charts. Yeah. Who cares what they've done since, but that one album had five singles. <laughs> I mean, definitely can't be one even when you come to the pop stuff, um, to them, AHA is a one-hit wonder. I mean... What's your fishes? America is a strange place. Yeah. <laughs> Bless them. No, they're, they're still growing up. Bless so, them. Yeah. Red, white and blue socks. <laughs> to, to, uh, yeah, to be fair, yeah. we can't about most of our listeners are in America, so we shouldn't bad enough too much. No. <laughs> well, I won't worry about it. One of my on my other podcasts, my uh, my co-host is American, and we're always taking the mickey out of each other for some reason. Because uh, I call him an Anglophile, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so how can people get hold of you guys and listen to your music? Uh, all the music's on Spotify and YouTube and Deezer or iTunes, Apple Music and all that streaming stuff. Uh, if you wanted to uh, support the band a bit more with your streaming or anything, use I think YouTube Music pays the most. So no, no, Bandcamp. But oh yes, also if you want to buy the album or download it, pay for it, download it's Bandcamp.com forward slash Codename Colin. Uh, so you can buy all our t-shirts and everything as well. Cool. Excellent. Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you all. Thank you very Thank much you. for having us. And uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Will do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I hope you get a, finally get a beer now. Yeah. <laughs> been here since 8 o'clock this morning. So. Oh, no beer. My beer. Oh. I'll be hammered to buy you by now. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's yeah. get a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Ian from the band sent me something to play into the show.
So there you go, Codename Colin with their latest release, a cover of Depeche Mode's Just Can't Get Enough. The last band I had pleasure of chatting with was the headliners for Live in the Park 2022, Zarak, and here are Ray and Ian from the band. How you doing? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, fine, thank you. Yeah, really enjoying the day. How are you doing? Knackered, but I'm doing good. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got, it won't make any difference for you, but from left to right, I've got Ray and Ian. So, uh, each of you, what, what, what members are you of the band? Uh, so I'm founder member, bass and vocals. And it's all about Ray, but I'm Ian, I play drums. <laughs> Not all about me, some of it, most of it's about me. <laughs> Not so, how would you de- uh, define your sound? Uh, we're like clashy, Foo Fighters, Zeppelin rock. Yeah, I'd say like classic, classic 70s rock with a modern twist. With a modern twist. Okay, that's cool. So there's no need to really ask you about your influences then. Bit of everything. I'm still being influenced now. Like I'll listen to the bands that played today and I'll listen to stuff that I hear on the radio or things that my daughter likes or that other people recommend to me. And I go to Ibiza quite a lot as well and listen to all that stuff, plus all the stuff that my sisters listened to when I was a kid. And uh, so you've got all the music that's influencing us, all the issues of the world that are influencing us, all the good stuff that's going on in the world influencing us, and all the stuff that's like pratfalls and dad jokes and mishaps all influencing it as well. There's all kinds of stuff in the music and in the lyrics all coming together. Because I noticed you've taken an interest in some of the younger acts that were on stage earlier today. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we've been uh-huh. watching, uh, watching, listening to all the acts. Yeah, like the two girls that were really young that were playing. Yeah, uh, you know, I feel like it's up to us to give them a pat on the back because I can remember when I was first starting out. Yeah, you I know, mean, getting up in front of everybody and letting rip for the first couple of times was pretty nerve wracking. So if somebody comes up and says, you know, good the, show, good job, it keeps you going. The thing is, the I mean, they were nervous before they went on stage, but the confidence they showed when they got up there uh-huh. was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I always find it's better to have a little bit of nerves when you go up, and then I'm always sort of think, I was a little bit nervous, a little bit anxious, a little bit excited, but once you start playing, once you sort of get the count, count in and you're playing, the nerves tend to go, and then you flow and you enjoy it more then. But it's always just that bit where you're waiting to go on, waiting to start. You want to be on your toes. Yeah, you do. Because you don't want to be on there thinking to yourself, I've got this 
easy because when you think you've got it easy is when you get complacent and yeah, you make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, on the wrong song, like, the wrong part, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But just getting up there, I mean, they're showing such, am I allowed to say big balls? They're showing, <laughs> showing such big balls getting up there and like playing. In, like I say, in front of a crowd. I don't it's know if they've crowd, ever played in front of a crowd before, but that's a big crowd. It is for your first your first gig. Yeah, it is, yeah. 100%. Very much so. So, talking about gigs, what kind of um, venues do you prefer normally? Um, well, we'll play anywhere within reason. We've done village fakes, birthdays, theatres, clubs, bar mitzvahs. I mean, this is, this is <laughs> in the existence of the band, this is the biggest gig that we've done. But we have done other venues where it's over a thousand people. So going from that to this, it's a big leap, but it's not intimidating because we've done reasonably big venues rather than just like 20 or 30. Well, I've done, but Ian's not been with us more than about a year and a bit. So it's not that long yet, isn't it? No. Huh? Feels like it. Yeah, it does. And, uh, <laughs> and um, in that time, obviously, we've had COVID, so we haven't played anywhere that's much larger than about 30, you know, 40 people, purely from the point of view that Health people are getting used to coming out again, whereas this today is stonking, you know? It's so, rammed. What was it like for you guys when you heard that you'd been called up to be the, the main act, the headliners? It's pretty exciting, wasn't it? Mind-blowing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Really it's like, you sure? Yeah. <laughs> you sure we're headlining it? Like? Um, I mean, we, we were looking forward to doing it pre-COVID because we did the audition like, oh, yeah. shows yeah, and got, got asked to do it. And we were like, great, that's, just let us know when. And then the first year they didn't put us on because they said they hadn't got a slot that was free for us. They got somebody like us, but they'd already booked them. Last year, we didn't plan. I felt, to be honest, a little bit gutted last year because I thought we'd have fit quite well. And it was a beautiful day like today. Oh, it was. Yeah. And then this year, we got the call in November and they told us that we were playing and then told us that we were headlining and we had to keep it secret for three and a half, four months, which was... Difficult, Yeah, because you want to tell people because you're, you're so excited, excited about, about it. it. It's a big thing. You want to go and say, hey, come and see us at the, you know, the park, but obviously we're not allowed to say anything until it's, it's official. released and they by like the released all the PR stuff from the actual council about it and I suppose booked a few other bands as well, probably. It was, it was quite funny for me because... Um, I interviewed Ruth and she'd given us a couple of exclusives of what was going to be happening this year and she said I already know who the, uh, the headliner is but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> so I was like, when, when was that? Uh, not far after November actually. Yeah. Cause, uh, yeah it must have been leading up to December so and okay. I thought yeah okay so she must have picked somebody really good she I said, mean she, she, said came, to me, she came to see us didn't she in a, a rehearsal <laughs> she came to see us in a rehearsal and we basically thought, okay, Ruth's the audience, and we basically played a gig for, for her, didn't we? Yeah, and she seemed to really, in well, she, 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 she really it. enjoyed it, and yeah. like at the end of it, she seemed super confident in it, which helped us, because I think up until that point, we've been a bit like, it's a big deal playing this, and the history of the band is that we've always been mostly originals. Yeah. So to be asked to do this show and then be told that we need to incorporate some covers into the set more than we would normally do, because we'd always have a couple on the back burner just in case we needed to sway the crowd over. But for this, we're doing like a 50-50 split. Yeah. And learning other people's bass lines is not something I do easily. 
I find it quite, not a chore, but like it's because I've written it, I find it difficult to follow. So learning a dozen new songs that I didn't write for this, for me, has been mind blowing. But it's also helped musically because I've found that learning what somebody else's writes influenced again, coming back to that, the way I write stuff. But do you add your own sort of flair to it as well? Yeah. We can't help but. Yes, yeah, I mean, uh, if you're a tribute band, then you've got to play it note for note, beat for beat, exactly the same as the original artist, because that's what people are going for. Yeah. But when you're doing sort of covers, you try and stay true to the feeling of it, but you do put your own slant on it. And well, I mean, like I said, we're not coming from the angle of being a covers band, so it was always more the song was going to come to us than we're going to completely go for the song. But equally, We've tried to, for the purposes of the show, we've tried to pick stuff that's either Ellsbury related, really successful, or it's well known for something else, like been in an advert and stuff like that. So, people, so hopefully people we haven't will picked, know it. We haven't picked stuff that we like, that's obscure, and really, I don't know, like highbrow and complicated. We've gone with stuff that we think the crowd will know and like, yeah. and we like being like, the last part of it is that we want to play stuff that we like because we like playing. Cool. Right, so there's one last question I always like to ask everybody. I've asked every artist that's been here since I've been doing these since 2018. And it's a bit like a desert island disc thing. Now, you're on an island, you've got one album. What would that be? One album, very difficult. One I album. think I would go with um, Live After Death by Iron Maiden. Captured the a really good band, at the, the, in my opinion, the height of their powers live on stage. Cool. Brilliant album. And I, I was there when it was recorded in the Hammersmith, which was side four. I don't listen to it as much as I should, but I think if I was going to go with anything, I'd go for And Justice for All by Metallica, because the mix on it ain't great, but the songs are extremely powerful, and that's one of the first albums that I bought or I bought the like proper album and I was getting into the music that finally got hold of me and I was like this is the stuff that I'm going to listen to. I'm surprised the, about that because there's no bass on that album. No, no, it's all buried, isn't it? Mm. But the, the so, there's solos all over the place. The lyrics are really deep and dark and meaningful and as an album there's not a bad song on it. So yeah, Justice yeah. Rule for me. Plus I saw him on that tour. So, <laughs> cool. So, how can people get hold of you and listen to your music? Uh, we're on Facebook. They can find us on Facebook at Zarak Rocks. Uh, we're on SoundCloud? SoundCloud, but I don't know what the link is for that. But if they find us on Facebook, there's a link to SoundCloud from that. But if you find us on Facebook, just find us on Facebook. And there's and there are live tracks that we've recorded, like our Girlfriends of Shot videos, whether that's on the Facebook page. And they can message message us on there so guys it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you you too mark you too and uh yeah enjoy the rest of the evening Thanks, right, thank you mark thank you yourself
Tim from Zarek kindly sent me their track Bullet to finish off our coverage of Live in the Park 2022. There are other bands and artists who did get back to me when I approached them prior to Live in the Park, but for various reasons I didn't get the opportunity to speak with them on the day. So if you'll indulge me, I'd like to give them a mention. Although I did speak to Dan, the guitarist from Just Can't Get Enough, off the record, unfortunately I didn't get to chat with the band, which would have been good fun as I really enjoyed their 80s set. There was also Heidi Brown who contacted me to apologise for not seeing my message until after the event, and Bitterroot who I didn't get round to chatting with because I ran out of time basically. I also wanted to catch up with Amy Scullard from Emmett's Genies to chat with her about the charity, but bless her, because Emmett's Genies is one of the Mayor of Aylesbury, Tim Dixon's chosen charities, she was rushed off her feet at the Emmett's Genies stand on the day. Emmett's Genies have had a really successful year giving out over 100 boredom busting packs to critically ill children. They've also provided tickets to 35 beneficiaries to the Aylesbury pantomime, laid on a free night out at their fundraising ball for some of their beneficiary parents to have a night off. And Amy and her team have some really big plans for 2023, which will make a difference for terminally ill children and their families. Hopefully Amy will be coming on board the Garbage Pod in the new year to chat about Emmett's genies and what they have planned. The other charity that Mayor Dixon is supporting during his time in office is Aylesbury Food Bank, which under the current climate is really important. The Mayor has set up his own challenge to conquer. It's called the Mayor's 10 Ton Challenge. The challenge that Mayor Dixon has set up for himself is to encourage the people of Aylesbury Vale to donate 10 tonnes of tinned and non-perishable food to the Aylesbury Food Bank by the time he leaves office in May 2023. I believe four tonnes were donated over the Park Life weekend and there have been collection points at all Aylesbury Town Council events. There was even a collection point at Marillion's homecoming concert at the Aylesbury Waterside Theatre earlier in the year. Crichton, what's in this box? It looks like a small red dwarf garbage pod, sir. What, a full one? No, sir, we stopped using the small ones a long time ago. Well, let's open it then. Oh, God, that stinks. I thought you said it was empty. Sorry about that, sir. Sometimes the little suckers get away. That's disgusting. Oh, no. It won't close. There's a message, sir. Say Merry Christmas Garbage Pod to close. Ah, oh, Crichton, you know I hate Christmas. It's the only way, sir. Well, I'm not going to do it. That stench. Come on, sir. You can do it. Just a little one. Oh, yeah. Okay, anything just to get it closed. Merry Christmas Garbage Pod. Look, sir, it's working. There now, sir. That wasn't so bad, was it? Merry Christmas, Garbage Pod. Bye-bye, little fella. Sweet. 
Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spamheadproductions.weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So we've come to the end of the first part of the Garbage Pod TGP Nominal Christmas crossover. Links to all of our artists, bands and charities that I mentioned in the podcast can be found in the show notes, which you can find by clicking on the Explore This Episode button on the podcast page dedicated to this episode. I'd like to thank Ruth Mayhew and her team at Owsby Town Council for allowing the Garbage Pod to be part of Live in the Park. All the artists and bands for taking time out to chat with us at the event and allowing us to showcase their music. And Paul McGinn for helping me out at Live in the Park with his awesome photography. You can listen to part two of the Garbage Pod TGP nominal Christmas crossover right after this episode, where I'll be joined by familiar voices to TGP nominal for more festive fun and games. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of The Garbage Pod. Be sure to visit thegarbagepod.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode. Just look for the relevant tab on the menu. If you want to get in touch with us, then send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Ho, 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 have a Merry Christmas!